with Air Cargo World. Hello, welcome to On Logistics with Kathy Morrow Robertson. Uh, I write a weekly column for um, Air Cargo World uh, on a variety of topics, logistics, freight forwarding, express, small parcel. It depends on any given week. Today, we are lucky to have the editor of Air Cargo World, uh, Karen Livingston, with us. Karen, welcome. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, We're going to talk about your recent trip to to Ireland. So you attended a World Cargo Symposium, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago? Just last week. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So how did it feel? to attend a live event. I mean, it was great being, being back in person. Uh, I got to, I got to talk to many executives who I've seen, you know, several times on, on zoom calls, like, like (laughs) this one, uh, got to, uh, meet several people. Um, uh, the event was in Dublin. So a lot of, you know, a lot of European contacts were there. So I got to meet a lot of those people for the first time. So it was, I mean, it was great. I think they, um, the, organizers at IATA said there were about 800 people who attended live and then it was a a hybrid event. So there were another 100 plus or so who attended virtually, but yeah, it was great to, to be back face to face with people. Oh, wow. I bet. Yeah. I've attended a couple um, of live events just recently and it is great to be able to see people in person again. Um, I don't think there is you know, the full attendance isn't quite there yet, but I would imagine this time next year, you know, we'll have full attendance. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know there's still <laughs> yeah, st- still a few travel restrictions in place, uh, still, yeah. still hard to, to get to, uh, to Europe from some parts of the world, like, like Asia. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, looking, looking ahead, um, everyone's optimistic about, about events next year as well. Yeah, definitely. So what was the highlight, in your opinion, of the conference? Um, I think something that IATA did really well that was was kind of an interesting uh, concept uh, was how they had organized all of their sessions, all their discussions during the plenaries around the three themes that they really wanted to uh, to drive home for attendees this year. So uh, the three themes were sustainability, digitalization, and safety and security. So having all the conversations kind of focus around those three points uh, instead of, you know, the the wide variety of possibilities in, in the industry today, uh, that was really a highlight. And it, it kind of let people dig, kind of dig deep into those those topics. And uh, what's happening today, and then what the expectations are going forward. Okay, so sustainability. So <laughs> what's some of the recommendations? I mean, I know uh, Air Freight, sadly, has gotten a bad rap um, over not being the most sustainable of modes. However, there's a lot of startups in this space. Was any of those discussed, or what are some of the options? Uh, I mean, the... The topic that probably came up most as far as the discussions I heard in sustainability was the the use of sustainable aviation fuel or SAF. Uh, so 
there were a lot of people in attendance who are utilizing SAF. Um, I got to talk to, to Latanza Cargo a bit and uh, uh, Dorotea von Boxberg, uh, I think, presented on, on sustainable fuels and sustainability during the event. And uh, something that, that was kind of a discussion point around SAF was kind of this you know, this need to uh, make fuel more sustainable and to really push initiatives forward that uh, help accommodate and help uh, balance out the cost since SAF is more expensive than conventional fuels. But you're trying to do this at a point when uh, production of this fuel type is, of course, nowhere near replacement levels. I heard an estimate, I think, that uh, current SAF could could uh, support air freight for like maybe a week. Oh my God. Uh, so it's right. So production is really uh, not where it needs to be, but of course, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of support increasing production, you have to have these programs in place that are going to, uh, support demand for it as it grows. Mm-hmm. Now, is, are, is the industry, I mean, are they buying into it? I mean, are, are they embracing it for real or are they just giving it lip service in your opinion? I think that people in the industry really are starting to embrace it. Um, I know that, yeah, I was, I was probably a bit skeptical going into it just because, you know, this, it makes up such a small percentage of fuel currently utilized today. And, you know, aviation has been around for a long time and it does have kind of a, a bad rap as far as, uh, as far as carbon utilization and, uh, carbon emissions, but, but no, I think um, the thing that kind of made me optimistic about uh, SAF and its place in the industry is that there really seems to be support from, from all steps in the air freight supply chain. So you have carriers getting on board and they're, you know, they're looking to their freight forwarder partners to help offset the costs of SAF. But then the freight forwarders are reporting that their customers are often kind of driving this alongside them. So you have shippers and companies who are thinking about how to appeal to, well, to newer generations, um, how to support uh, and kind of um, meet some of the regulatory requirements that are coming out around carbon emissions. And so they are dedicated to uh, kind of being socially responsible in their future operations. Um, I definitely got the sense that they do see this as the future. And so SAF is a really promising technology for kind of meeting those goals. Good, good. Because I know there's a lot of talk, similar talk going on in the ocean freight business as well, Um, with the alternative fuels and and such as that. So it's good to see the overall, you know, the supply chain, the different modes of transportation uh, embracing sustainability, um, you know, particularly now with climate, you know, change and such, um, top of mind, so many governments and such. So, well, that's right. really cool. <laughs> so the next top, the next thing I know you mentioned was digitization, a topic near and dear to my heart. I know when I, I attended um, a World Cargo Symposium several years ago, and they were still talking about digitization, the importance of it. Has, has air freight, the air freight market seen any improvements? I mean, what, what's the status of this? 
Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, yeah, I was speaking to someone at the event and they they kind of said, oh, we've been talking about digitization at this event for 20 years now. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of uh, a lot of announcements that came out of uh, that came out of this event around digitalization. And we've definitely seen an uptick. Um, I know that, of course, e-airway bills are one area that has been pushed for a long time. But um, something that came up frequently at this year's World Cargo Symposium relates to kind of the the digital cargo booking. And uh, that seems to be kind of the fastest growing area in digitalization in in air freight in recent years. Um, I know that... um, Zvi Schreiber of Afredos gave a presentation that I attended, and uh, he was mentioning this just dramatic increase of several thousand percent in digital bookings just from 2019 to 2021. So this is an area that's seeing very sudden change in air freight and just very, very fast change as well. So what's driving it? I mean, is it, is it e-commerce? e-commerce players driving this or smaller to medium-sized businesses or is it just across the board uh well it it does seem to be mostly uh general cargo and um definitely the pandemic has had some effect with you know more more spot bookings and um and things like that having to kind of speed up the pace mm-hmm. of business. So um, digital booking has been kind of a solution as far as that goes. But I think also, you know, there are a couple of different uh, different platforms on the market now. You've got Web Cargo, you've got Cargo One. Uh, more, more carriers are coming out with their own APIs. So it seems to just yeah. be, you know, a matter of it makes sense in the market timing the solutions are now um, easy to adopt. And uh, yeah, it just seems like it's kind of finally catching up as we are seeing an increase in, in cargo demand as well. So, yeah. So evidently the technology is finally has improved over the past. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, again, I mean, it just seems to me like, you know, the whole ocean freight market has been a lot further along on, on this as well. You know, they've uh, announced online booking, what, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And now, you know, finally, the air freight market is finally catching up, which is great. And um, and I know uh, you mentioned you talked, you attended Zeeves' uh, session. So Freitas has really been um, heavily involved with um, air freight. You know, they started mm-hmm. off with ocean and now they've switched over, well, they now have the air and they, I read that they had um, introduced an air cargo price index. Yes. They, they announced that uh, kind of during the event, the Freitos air index. So okay. uh, kind of to, to our earlier discussion point about, you know, what's happening in digitalization. Um, one of the kind of, the benefits that a lot of these platforms are pushing is, you know, with so many bookings happening across many different forwarders, many markets and many airlines, that's kind of producing all this data that isn't being necessarily well utilized uh, right now, but they are looking for ways to, 
to support, you know, the, the, their partners on the platform, but also the industry more broadly with that data. So I think uh, the, the Fredos Air Index is, is one product that seems to have kind of grown out of that because, you know, they do have all this information available and um, Air Freight does not have a lot of pricing information that is yeah, available yeah. today. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, this, this does seem really interesting to kind of have some, some benchmarks for industry pricing, especially ones that are, uh, quickly available on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of going up against, and the, yeah, the, the TAC index, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah and well. all of these in- indices are really new as well. So it it will be interesting to see kind of how they're utilized in in the industry. I know that it's it's not very common to use any kind of benchmark and pricing and air freight today in in contracts <laughs> like it is in a lot of industries. So yeah. yeah, I'm curious to see whether whether air freight will kind of adopt that that same kind of index based pricing approach in the future. That will be interesting to watch. It seems to me it would um, it would eventually go down that path. Um, yeah, because I mean, again, Ocean Freight, they're doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then speaking of Ocean Freight, so an article I believe you wrote uh, the other day on the whole ocean congestion with it being an opportunity for air cargo, such, and I'm like. Yeah, but for how long? So, right. <laughs> is this were y'all talk? Was there a lot of talk about the whole shift from ocean to air because of what's going on in the ocean freight market? Uh, there definitely was some talk. I mean, especially you know with the freight forwarders in attendance, who they are looking at all these different modes, yeah. and then if you're looking like off the coast of coast of uh, LA Long Beach. Uh, that's not exactly a good option for moving freight into the country right yeah. now. <laughs> and we've got this, we've got a, a similar situation, not as bad as out there, but we do have a backup going on in Savannah as well. So yeah, yeah, right. And I think yeah, air has been kind of preferred as a mode for for some time now uh, with all the problems in ocean, at least from the the time of the Suez Canal blockages when we kind of started to see that that shift over. Uh, But but yeah, I mean, on air freight, even if it is preferred, uh, generally, you're still facing a lot of the kind of uh, supply and demand imbalances. Capacity is still, of course, down from from 2019 levels. And even though now um, you know, some passenger capacity is expected to come back in the market, especially on, I think, the transatlantic uh, lane soon with, with that kind of opening up more. Uh, that's going to take some some time. So um, so the people, kind of the free forwarders that, that we've been hearing from aren't really expecting much relief uh, for the remainder of this year. It would be sometime next uh, in probably the first quarter of next year when when that might start loosening up a little bit on certain lanes. Gotcha. Well, I know, I mean, we're now technically in the holiday peak season and this is when the whole air freight demand for air really starts increasing Mm -hmm. um, even more. So I know before we hit the record button, we were talking about the $2 million air charter 
And are we going to see more like that? Seriously, $2 million. <laughs> yeah, I mean. What the heck are they flying? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, in my, in my most recent feature, my October feature, kind of looking at um, how freight forwarders are accommodating uh, demand for this year's peak season, uh, charters are, you know, as the the longer term charters that were hopefully arranged for earlier this year are a you know one of the the main sources of capacity right now kind of and just for that reason if you know if you don't have your charter already you're going to be paying yeah in the range of maybe 2 million out of out of asia pacific that's crazy yeah totally crazy like i said i sh- i'd love to know what they're what What's on the planes? <laughs> right. And I know, I mean, you know, you hear about like the, the Apples and the Samsungs who are, who have their product launches that they often use air charters to arrange, but, uh, freight forwarders I spoke with, you know, clarified that those would have been scheduled many months in advance. So it's, it's not, it's not the iPhones that are making the, the 2 million charter flights most likely, but it, it may be other kind of um, expensive products that uh, need to be on shelves in time for the holidays. It could be, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, all the ships, you know, the, uh, waiting to berth at L.A. and Long Beach, you know, all that inventory and the panic buying that trying to tell people to calm down. You know, there will be... There will be stuff on the shelves or in the warehouse. So interesting. So, Sarah, any other thoughts, anything else that stuck out in your mind about the World Cargo Symposium? Um, I guess something that that was kind of interesting, I did get to talk to a couple of, of carriers. I mentioned uh, Lufthansa Cargo, and I also spoke with uh, with Latam Cargo. And of course, they all have... Um, additional freighters coming in to the market in, you know, the next, the next couple of years, uh, for, you know, for very different operations, of course. Um, we talked a little about Lufthansa Cargo's kind of intra-Europe operations with some of their incoming freighters and then Latam using their, their 767 converted freighters, uh, kind of in their own network to, you know, support Latin American capacity. So that is something that, you know, something to look forward to with, you know, even though it will be taking a while for, uh, for passenger capacity to return, we, we are going to start to see some additional uh, freighter capacity enter the market. Of course, not for this year's peak season, but, you know, next year may, may be looking a little less, a little less tight (laughs) as Uh far as capacity goes. So that was something that, uh, kind of leaving the conference on a, on a hopeful note that we will have, you know, more, more freighters coming into the market pretty soon. That'll be great. Hopefully we can start seeing some of the rates go down a bit to help some of the shippers, (laughs) uh, cause they're paying an awful lot in freight cost across the board. So, but then the concern is the rates will go down too low and yeah. And a vicious cycle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Always cyclical. Gosh, that's that's true. That is true. Well, Karen, I think our time is 
kind of running short here, but I do want to thank you. This has been fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks <laughs> very much to, for having me. Yeah, I get to interview you for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, good to reflect on on last year or last week's uh, World Cargo Symposium in, in Dublin. Yeah. Glad to attend that event in person. I think that's great. I think Air Cargo World, weren't they like a media sponsor? Yeah, we, we were the uh, the official media partner. We produced uh, the daily reports for IATA yeah. and all of those you can you can view as well as uh, several several video interviews that we conducted during the event uh, on our website. And they're good because I've watched them and I've read the, the reports and articles. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. It helps a little, knowing <laughs> that. <laughs> even though I couldn't attend. But anyway, thank you again, Karen. And uh, with that, uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, like I said, catch you can catch my column. It usually comes out on Fridays, if not Fridays. There should be one on Mondays. Uh, and with that, thank you again. Thank you.